One ball, two strikes on Hero. And a swing and a drive in the center field. Justin Hero has walked him off. How about that? Two-run blast. And the Brewers win. You know, it was just a just a great team win, and uh, we had a lot of guys who came up clutch and had great at bats and big spots. And Keston kind of topped it off, but there there was a long list of guys that had some really tough at bats. Welcome back to the program. Those are the words of uh, Craig Council. As uh, you know, he doesn't pull any punches there. He just basically says, had some tough at bats. Here's how things went. And then ultimately, um, you know, Kesson here with the big, uh, big walk off hit, uh, the call by, I'll tell you what, Brian Anderson, whether he's doing uh, the NBA stuff or, uh, or Major League Baseball, just fantastic. Just fantastic to listen to, to him, to do his thing. And uh, good to get BA back. Uh, on the mic, so good stuff there. But uh, Brewers get a win yesterday, ten games under or ten games over five hundred now. And the question is, do the Brewers need to go get a bat? Do they need to go get a bat? Eight seven seven eight six seven sixteen seventy eight seven seven eight six seven sixteen seventy. If you're hanging out with us today, we're broadcasting live at the Social House, watching us uh, over on the Bud Light live stream. Uh, some of the uh, the look now outside uh, at the patio and also uh, at the inside, the newly renovated interior here, uh, which, uh, again, nobody here because they're just getting ready to open here at 11 a.m. We got in here early today, but today is a fundraiser. Today, a lot of the proceeds uh, from the tap takeover from our friends at Budweiser, some of the food and uh, donations and tips and such going all weekend long uh, to Fisher House, Wisconsin. We can't say thanks enough to Dan Dell and his staff for doing this. It's a fantastic, fantastic thing. And obviously it draws a lot of attention to the business. We're going to see our guys here from Burn Pit Barbecue today. But come on by. If you're going to do lunch, if you're in the area, if you want to come by and get registered for the motorcycle ride, please do so. Or if you just want to come in and, and just check out the new digs, come on over. Uh, a lot of big screen TVs, as you can see in the picture there. They've got the PGA Championship, which is underway on, and uh, so much more. So come on in and say hello. We'd love to have you here at the Social House here on in on Lisbon Road in Menominee Falls. Uh, Mac Daddy says, uh, no, they don't need a bat yet. What they need to concentrate on is making sure that the pitching staff is solid as they head towards the All-Star break. Once things settle down, you'll find out just how good this team is. You also um, You also need to get more out of Colton Wong. He has been solid but can hit a little bit better, especially hitting at the top of the lineup. Um, this one is from uh, this one's from Steve. Steve says, I like what Rowdy Telez is doing. Would you leave him at the DH and play Keshin Hira every day over at first base? Well, when we talked about it yesterday, the one thing about Keshin Hira, specifically when he goes down to the minors, is when he gets an opportunity to play every day, he rakes. And and there's, you know, no doubt about that for what he's been able to do and what he's been able to accomplish in the minors. So maybe giving him a legit shot to play every day in the bigs, um, maybe that helps him. And maybe his bat continues on, it picks up, and who knows how good he can be. But I, I you, you, you just need something for him, right? You just need something for him. You need, you need him to be consistent at the top, without a doubt. Um, but you need something out of him that's more than what he's given you on the most recent history um, where he comes up and he hits one or two and then after that just completely goes away and he's just not figuring out big league pitching. It, you know what? I'll say this, though. It's not entirely his fault. Um, we talked about this yesterday where pitching is so far ahead of hitting right now because of analytics, because of the videography, because of the way the pitchers can study 
the way to throw pitches uh, as opposed to some of the hitting that has gone steadily down. So if he's hitting 210, 220, 230, it's not necessarily out of the norm as opposed to many other hitters in Major League Baseball. It's when you hit 175, 180, and you're down there consistently and you're consistently striking out and you're not putting the bat on the ball or at least putting the ball in play, then that's when you got to say, you know what, you got to go back down to the minors and start making contact because guys in the minors, nowhere near what guys in the majors are doing, uh, they're getting there, but he just goes down and rakes, and then he comes back up here and struggles. So good to see him get off to that start yesterday. But let's just see how long the sustainability is. But I like the thought of having have, kind of flip-flopping him and Rowdy Telez over at first base, but still giving them their at-bats. Uh, Scott says the bats have uh, needed work, um, uh, have to work harder due to the Sabre metrics used by pitchers use VR batting of practice. Um which we talked about yesterday because they've got that. And I can't remember what the technology is. I can't remember what the uh, actual cinematography is, but it's, it's where they get it to a thousand, um, a thousand pictures a second to where they can slow it down and see the actual spin rate of the baseball. They can count the number of rotations on the baseball. They can see the delivery. They can see the snap and the wrist of what they need to do. The release point of the baseball pitchers are so far ahead of hitters at that point and hitters, the way you understand it is hitters aren't getting enough time to actually see the baseball and see the spin rate to understand what it is is coming at them, whether the spin – because, you know, the old adage was, as we were reading yesterday, that if you were a pitcher, you didn't want to lift, you didn't want to get bulky, you didn't want to get stronger, you wanted to keep that snap in your wrist, and it would cause you uh, issues when it came to your velocity. Well, now we're finding out it's just the opposite, that when you do work out – on on flexibility when you do work out on strength and conditioning when you do work your legs and get stronger underneath you you get better push you get more velocity you get better snap and then the ball has more movement and pitching has become dominant when you talk about the hitting in major league baseball i at some point i gotta think they're gonna move that mound back whether it's six inches or a foot Uh, at some point they're going to end up doing something like that, which is going to change a little bit of the face of baseball the way we know it. They've already tried to go to pitchers and say, okay, we're going to check you every inning for any sticky substance, whether it's spider tack on your elbow, your arm, under your hat, your glove, whatever, but um, and on your fingertips. And if you have it on you, then they're going to uh, toss you from the game. So we have seen them go that route to try to you know, alleviate some of the, uh, some of the crazy pitches that are out there uh, for pitchers that were putting up, you know, really stifling numbers because hitting is so inept right now, anemic, I guess, for lack of a better term. Uh, our buddy Dwayne says, good morning. Good to see you at the social house. Uh, Amy and I loved it there. What a walk-off yesterday win for the crew. Have a good one. This is from our buddy Kyle. said, I'd like to see Kutch move to a center field, need more production than what Locaine can give us. The one thing, you, and again, you'd like to see Lorenzo Cain begin to hit. And I don't think he can begin to hit if you're going to stick him on the bench. But I will say, uh, if if McCutcheon comes back from the COVID protocol, now he's got the extra day to get some rest, and he should be back for the Washington series beginning tomorrow. But if McCutcheon comes back and he's hitting, I think you got to put him in the lineup. I really do. I think you got to put him in the lineup and, and, and just leave, uh, leave Locaine on the bench for defensive prowess. Bring him in in late-game situations when you are going to need good defense rather than and McCutcheon's still a solid defender, but I think uh, Lorenzo Cain may be just a tad bit better, but put him in for defensive situations or as a pinch hitter and just flip-flop him. But if McCutcheon's going to hit the ball and give you 230, 240, 250, uh, whereas Lowe Cain's going to continue to struggle, 
I, I, I think you have to. I think you have to. I think you're right. Uh, 877-867-1670, 877-867-1670. Find us there. Uh, this one's from uh, Kevin, who says over on the Bud Light live stream, he says, I think a bat would help not only to get more hits and runs, but it might actually help everybody else around him. Um, where, what position are you going for, Kevin? That's my other argument to this, is what position are you going for? Are you going for an outfielder or are you going for an infielder? Are you going for a corner infielder? Or are you going for a utility guy? Or if you're going for an outfielder, are you going for somebody to play right or center? Because you know you're not going to, you know, move uh, Christian Yelich too much, you know? So where are you going to go? That's why as of right now, I don't think you're going to go ahead and make a move. I think you're going to see what everybody can do and let them hit their way out of this a little bit. And looking at statistically speaking anyway, you've got uh, guys that, you know, Andrew McCutcheon, Colton Long, Rowdy Telez, Willie Adamas, Hunter Renfro, Christian Yelich, all sitting at about 120 between 100 and 135 at-bats. So you're not fully engulfed in the season. Lorenzo Cain, though, he hasn't even gotten to 100 at-bats yet. Uh, Lorenzo Cain with 88 on the season and uh, with only 16 hits. Three of those extra base hits, only four RBIs, no power, no long ball, no triple, nothing like that. And he's got 23 strikeouts to only six walks on the season right now and uh, which you know again sitting there at 182 with a 216 slugging percentage and a 463 OPS you are an offensive boat anchor at this point without a doubt um Ted says good morning glad to see everybody this morning Ted glad to have you on board and again we're broadcasting live at the social house on Lisbon Road in Menominee Falls and uh, talking brewers we're going to be talking a little bit more about the fisher house coming up talking about some of the music lineup out at state fair park this year that's all coming up later we're going to talk uh, a little uh, college football today by the way we're going to talk a little more college football today so a lot of that coming up uh tess says uh, love me some walk-off homers yesterday i was there what a spectacular moment stayed to the very end uh, I, too, think they need to get a bat. But if they're going to get a bat, they have to get one for the outfield, not the infield. I think they're solid once Adamas comes back. That's from Tess. Tess, appreciate the email. This one's from Stan, who says, huge to get Hero to get the walk-off, but can he do it consistently? He doesn't have to consistently hit home runs, but just get on base more often. That will keep him in the bigs and not always be the odd man out. And that is from Stan. Stan, appreciate it. This portion of the program brought to you by our friends over there at New Male Medical, treating guys with ED all over the state of Wisconsin, well beyond the borders as well. And uh, they've got, by the way, when you listen to other ads and they talk about 80, 70% success rate, 80%, New Male's got a 98% success rate. 98, all but guaranteeing the fact that they can help you out. When it comes to low T and feeling sluggish and moody and up and down and just kind of dragging, hey, they can help you out with that as well. That's uh, the low T treatment. Just It takes you maybe 5, 10 minutes, stop in, get your numbers checked, and you're going to be good to go. Or this time of year, as the weather starts to turn, we start to get a little bit warmer. And uh, all of a sudden, you look at yourself and you know, say, you know what, it's uh, T-shirt season. Uh, I need to get a little more fit, a little more in shape, drop a few pounds and look good. They can help you out with the all-in-one weight loss program as well. And uh, all you got to do is give them a shout. 414-455-4451 for their locations all throughout Wisconsin. 414-455-4451. Again, 414-455-4451. Stop in. We sent you. By all means, 414-455-4451. Give them a call, 
and uh, see what they can do for you. That's the New Mail Medical Center. Stay tuned. We are broadcasting live at the Social House, Lisbon Road, Menominee Falls. Going to be opening uh, the doors here, which you know, the front garage doors are already open, but the doors will be opening here in about a half an hour. Stop on by. Get yourself registered for the motorcycle ride. Come in and have some lunch, maybe a beverage, a tapper, because some of the proceeds go to Fisher House, Wisconsin. It's all weekend long. It's the grand reopening here for the Social House on Lisbon Road in Menominee Falls. Stay tuned. We got more of the Bill Michael Show coming up next. Welcome, final hour of the Bill Michael Show. We are glad you're here with us. Good to be with you today. We are broadcasting live. We're here at the uh, the Social House on Lisbon Road in Menominee Falls, and. Uh, a little bit of drizzle going on outside, but that's okay. It's going to clear up. We're going to have a good day today and enjoy ourselves. And uh, they're out here doing a tap takeover and raising money for Fisher House, Wisconsin, for veterans, for military members, their families at a time of need. We take care of that. So we're here for that today and also the grand reopening. And this is the first of our four stops uh, to get people pre-registered for the motorcycle ride. You can today, uh, we're giving away some prizes. So today, if you register for the motorcycle ride today, uh, you can win yourself a, a gift card along the way. So we're doing that today. So uh, obviously there's going to be prize packages for all those, all of those who pre-register, um, you know, uh, on the day of the ride. But for today only, those who only register today, we are giving away uh, a $50 gift card uh, as well. So there you have it. Uh, this being That being said, let's go uh, to the phone and talk to our buddy Zach Heilprin, uh, sports director at WOZN out in Madison. Zach, how you doing today, man? Doing good, Bill. So you heard the uh, comments from Nick Saban and Jimbo Fisher and the tete-a-tete back and forth and the accusations over, uh, you know, the the NIL stuff. How do you think this NIL situation, because we I heard your discussion with uh, Greg Gard about how they don't want to dive into that pool, really, but if things continue down that path, they might eventually have to. Give me your thoughts on this NIL stuff. Yeah, I mean, it's... The Wild West at this point. I mean, everyone seems to be operating with uh, on different rules in different states, and some collectives are uh, doing the pay for play, and some aren't willing to jump into that, and some schools haven't at, at all, like Wisconsin to this point. Um, I think when it comes to Wisconsin, I think that's probably what people care about. I don't envision them ever being, and Greg Gard said it, I don't envision them ever being in this race for the highest paid guys. Like, I just, I don't envision them ever putting all this, all the, big types of money collective-wise, not Wisconsin themselves, but in a collective, that they're ever going to be doing that type of thing. So I think anybody that is hoping for that to happen with Wisconsin, it's probably not. I also think it's hilarious that the NCAA is, is now coming and trying to somehow uh, legislate or regulate some of these collectives. Like, it's just, it's not going to work. We've, we've seen the NCAA go up against major, uh, uh, you know, We've seen the NCAA try and put the clamps on it. They've been doing it for their entire existence, and, and last year they got put in their place, and I don't think it's going to change. So um, I have no idea which, which way it's going to go, Bill, but I, I certainly don't think um, it's great if you love college football or love college basketball or any college athletics. I don't think it's great for the sport. I do think kids deserve to be making some money off their name, image, and like this, but I don't think anybody wants it to play out like it is right now. I, at least I, I don't think a lot of people do. Um, I know that, uh, you know, the NCAA eventually is going to have to figure out a way to get involved in all of this. And as we were talking a little earlier, I, I don't know how you kind of put it back 
and the, the tube of toothpaste back together because once it's out, it's out. But how do you regulate this to the point that it's equal for everybody? And then, as we had a question earlier, you know, is it just the name, image, likeness, or do you got to go into the, the women's sports as well? Or the let we'll say some of the sports that aren't huge re- revenue generators, not just women's sports, but some of the, some of the lower-end sports. Well, how do they get into all of this now that you're starting to pay players in some way, shape, or form? Well, that's the, I mean, that's the problem. Um, do you like the NCAA? The, again, I just don't think the NCAA in its current form is going to be able to do anything about this. I think there is going to be a situation where a lot of these power five schools, maybe even, you know, the entire power five breaks off the NCAA and they create their own thing. And maybe it turns into a, a situation where they are essentially employees. And you can collectively bargain and, you, and it turns into that type of thing. So it's a little bit um, more regulated. I think that's, to me, that's that's really the only way you're going to do this because the NCAA has come out with these some of these new regulations or, you know, um, uh, that they want to enforce, and and people are laughing at them for it. Like it's 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 just not going to work. So I think eventually that for it to work, it's it's going to have to be broken off. But um, I just don't know how you do it, Bill. I, I really don't. They're they're at this point where. People have no respect for the NCAA. They they know it's a dying institution, and they're taking advantage of, of the situation that uh, we're in right now. But I don't think this is I don't think the situation we're in right now is is long term uh, sustainable either. Like I don't I don't think that's how college football is going to be played out. You know, for the rest of time type of thing. And you, and you mentioned the women's sports. If it turns into a situation where schools are ending up having to pay for players to you know take part, I think. Uh, who pay, I mean, the only thing that pays, it isn't the case for everything, but, you know, Wisconsin, football, basketball, uh, sometimes men's hockey, are, are really, and, and sometimes volleyball, are the only ones that are, uh, you know, that bring in money. They're the ones that pay for, help pay for every other sport there. So you would think that the other sports may take a bit of a hit if, uh, you know, that money has to start going to players as opposed to paying for, you know, these other sports to take part. The, uh, the you, you talked about Wisconsin. They don't necessarily want to dive into that. Um, let's just say, for example, I mean, I, you know, Ohio State's the biggest program. Ohio State and Michigan, those are probably the two biggest. If if you're losing recruits to them, do you eventually say, you know what, we got to keep up with the Joneses? We got to go in that direction. I, I don't. I, it's one thing to talk about academic standards. It's another thing to talk about the monetary moral high ground. I I, I don't see how you don't get into that. You know what I mean? Yeah, I think it's fair. Except, I think they're already losing players to them. Like, I don't, I, you know, if they start losing players to, I mean, you're all. It's Ohio State. It's Michigan. You're you're going to lose more often than not uh, in those battles. Now, if they come in and start taking kids out of the state, like they had, like you know, there's been a few situations where that's happened, especially in the 2022 class. Then, in my, then, then maybe it's a different conversation. But they've always been losing kids. Now, if Iowa or Minnesota is uh, starting to offer money and you're losing kids to them, maybe the conversation is a little bit different. But I don't think Wisconsin's ever going to be pulled into that, um, into that, re- into that realm of Ohio State, Michigan, Alabama. Like, it's just, it's just not who they are. Uh, we heard Greg Gard say that. It's not who they've been as a program. And I think this goes for football, too. It's not who they are as a program. It's not who they are as a school. It's just not going to happen. And I, I know you're saying at some point you have to. I, I don't think you're ever going to be in that, like, huge, huge sums of money. Now, once you get them here, NIL-wise, they have a, a great thing in place. Once you get them here, if you get them here and you get them on campus, 
there's a ton of NIL opportunities. You got multiple uh, players and and um, you know students making six figures in NIL deals. Like there's money here. It's just they're not going to pay for them to get them here. It's essentially what uh, they've drawn the line at. So give me your thoughts because you talk to people in that program more than probably anybody. Um, are there are coaches, assistant coaches, staff members nervous that, you know, hey, we can't compete with some of these programs that are out there. We're, we, we're probably going to lose some of these guys because of this. Are, are they nervous that, man, this is just such a slippery slope? I think I think I don't know about nervous, but I certainly think there is a little bit of trepidation just because you don't know what's going to be coming down the line. Um, you know, there are certain programs that are taking advantage of the situation right now. I think Texas A&M is probably at, at the head of that in terms of you know taking advantage of what the NIL rules are and um, what the, the rules are in, in certain parts of the country. I don't I, I don't think nervous. I, I think it's they're going about business as usual. I think they're going about trying to sell the school in the way that they do and the NIL opportunities once you get here and once you have the opportunity to uh, potentially um, – you know, be a good player and make money off your name. There are a ton of opportunities here. I think that's what they're selling at this point. It's just, and I know that there has been talk around Wisconsin, certainly, um, you know, donors and that type of thing that would like to put together uh, a collective. And, um, but I just don't, it's never going to be a situation that you're seeing at some of these other schools where it's pretty blatant. You're paying for them to come to your school just by, you know, um, that's essentially what you're doing with some of these collectives and Wisconsin. That's just not them. That's not going to be them. I don't think, I don't think Wisconsin coaches are nervous, but I think there is a little bit of uncertainty there for sure. Uh, let's talk a little football for a minute. Give me your thoughts. Uh, obviously the schedule's starting to trickle out and we're starting to see some of these dates. You've got, you know, an evening game with, uh, with Wisconsin and Ohio State, one of the big games that's going to be with college game day, you would assume, at this point over at the shoe. Give me your thoughts uh, on the schedule. Give me your thoughts on the excitement for this season and so some of the maturity of some of the kids that were recruited a couple of years ago and how they start to come to fruition. Yeah, I mean, I don't know what your reaction was to it. I, I, you know, especially the Ohio State game. I think there's a lot of fans like, oh, boy. Like I, we saw some of the uh, the early lines come out. I think uh, the Wisconsin Ohio State line. Ben, you can help me here, but I think it was 16. Um, Ohio State was favored by 16. I mean, it'd be hard to hard to take uh, Wisconsin in that situation. It's going to be a night game at the shoe with the way Ohio State's offense is going to be uh, rolling. You would think this year. So I think that's an exciting game. I just don't know how um, competitive it's going to be. Like people are really excited to go and see, or you know, to see games trickling out in terms of where uh, they might be time-wise and that type of stuff. That is probably not the game that I think a lot of people, or I am, I'm looking forward to watching. I mean, it's going to be, I think it's going to be a really tough matchup for Wisconsin going there, likely night game against that offense. Very, very difficult. Um, Bill, I don't know if you look at this home schedule. I can't remember a home schedule that's been this bad. Like, as good as some of the games were last year, you look, they get Illinois State, Washington State, New Mexico State, Illinois, Purdue, Mm -hmm. Maryland, and Minnesota. That's the home schedule. Is there a game that stands out there that right. you want to go that you would want to go to if you were a fan? Like, gosh, I want to, That's a game I can't miss. I mean, they get to go to Michigan State. They go to Iowa. Those are nice. And Ohio State. But oh man, uh, the home schedule really, really rough. In terms of some of the guys, I'm excited to see. Right. Yeah, I mean, you have to be excited about their defense. Their outside linebackers have just been playing. Uh, in spring were fantastic. A lot of names I think are going to be – we know the name Nick Herbig. A lot of more names coming. That defense is going to be really, really good. I just don't know in terms of the Ohio State game. That might be the one – 
trip up, but that defense has a chance to be really, really good. And then offense, we all know what it comes back to. We all know what it comes back to. Right. Can Graham Mertz, can Graham Mertz play uh, complimentary football with what should be a very good run game? Uh, the only one I'd be excited for is if uh, they get the win over Minnesota and you see Paul Bunyan's axe unveiled, and that's probably that in the first one of the season because the first one of the season tells you that college football's back, so at least it gets me back to a sense of normalcy on Saturday, I guess, Zach. Right. But uh, yeah. I agree with you. I think it, it, it's all on the shoulder of Graham Mertz. So you tell me, what, what, what kind of growth do you think there has been from Graham Mertz from last year to this year? Uh, um. Yeah, uh, they were putting in a new offense. I'll say this: they were putting in a new offense during spring ball. Uh, he had some moments, but he's had some moments in his career. Like he's he uh, shows off some of the excitement that we saw when he first came in. Like his arm, he can make a ton of throws. He's got some great accuracy on throws, but it's just not consistent. And I thought that that was an issue in in spring again. And if you're the optimist, you sit there and say it's a new offense, it's a whole new receiver group, a whole new tight end group. You know, it's spring, you're working on stuff, and you just say he'll be fine. Uh, if you're the pessimist, you say, well, that's kind of who he's been, the inconsistent guy who he's been through his first two years as a starter, and that's, maybe that's just who he is. Um, I think for them to have success, it needs to be the optimist. The optimists need to be right. Look, I think he's going to have a, a number of different weapons. I think better weapons than he has had these last two years. I think they have a true number one wide receiver in Jim Ray DK, you have a guy that in Braylon Allen is one of the best running backs in the country. You're going to have an offensive line that is, I think, going to push some people around better than they have these last two years. So you have that going for him, but he needs to be able to take advantage of it. And the, the thing is, it's him or nobody. Like, there's nobody behind him at this moment that can, that can go in there and lead them um, to a successful season. It's going to be him or it's going to be nobody. What about the the receivers that he's going to be throwing to? Give me your thoughts there about if you've yeah. got re- – sometimes quarterback can make a receiver better. Sometimes the receivers can make a quarterback better. You tell me. Yeah, I I really like the group. And I know that, you know, Danny Davis is, is up in Green Bay with the Packers as an undrafted agent. Kendrick Pryor is down in Cincinnati with the Bengals. Um, I actually like this, this group better than they had last year. I think Tim Ray DK has taken a step. I think he's a guy that can be a true number one wide receiver, probably the first true number one they've had since – uh, Quintez Cephas in 2019. And it's not something that they've had a ton of really over the last 25 years or so. I mean, you can go back to Lee Evans and Brandon Williams and Jared Aberderis and that type, but they haven't had a true, true number one consistently. And I think Tim Ray does that, but they have some young guys that are very, very exciting. Whether it's a Skyler Bell or a Keontes Lewis, a transfer from UCLA, or Marcus Allen, another guy that they really like. They moved um, Bobby Ingram's son, Dean Ingram, he was a cornerback last year. Now he's a wide receiver and looked really good in spring. I like their group, Bill. I think uh, they give Graham some very good weapons to work with, but he also has to hit them, right? Um, and uh, I think they'll make some plays right. for him in the past game to help him out. But I do like the group. And, again, I said, as I said, I think Chimray DK has a chance to be really special this year. Tell me about the defense real quick before I let you go. I mean, if let's just say the offense isn't what we're hoping for, how good is this defense going to be, and can they slow down some of the likes of a team like Ohio State? I don't know about slow down Ohio State. I think I don't know how, how many teams are going to slow down Ohio State this year, but I do. I, I kind of went on, out on the on a limb here earlier uh, when we me and Ben show uh, Kenny, Kenny and Heilprin that we do every Thursday, um, and said I don't know if they're going to be as good as they were last year, but they have a chance to be. Like, they are better along the defensive line. They're better at outside linebacker. 
Uh, I think they're good, as good, if not better, at quarterback, and they're probably about the same at safety, maybe a little less. And obviously, an inside linebacker losing Jack Sanborn and Leo Chanel, probably not going to be uh, at that level. But the rest of the defense as a whole, I think they have a chance to be as good as they were last year. Um, like That's the ceiling, I think, I think is, is last year's defense. They have so many different guys um, that can make plays, especially at outside linebacker, that they have a chance, a chance to be that. I'm not saying they're going to be that. I mean, that defense was arguably the best um, in school history, numbers-wise. Um, but this group has a chance to be pretty good, too. Zach, always good to talk to you, man. I appreciate it. Thanks for the lowdown, and we will uh, touch base again real soon, I'm sure, okay? All right, sounds good, Bill. Thank you. All right, buddy, talk to you later. There you go, Zach Heilprin, the sports director at WOZN out in Madison, joining us for a couple of minutes on the hotline and giving us a lowdown. On some of the NIL situation, thoughts and such coming out of Madison and uh, the football program itself as some of the schedule has been released and uh, looking at some of the home games versus the road games, the Ohio State game and such, and uh, he's right, uh, they are favored. Uh, Ohio State is by 16 in that contest, and hopefully the Badgers can overcome. But uh, nevertheless, they they got a uh, they got a mountain to climb, and a lot of uncertainty right now. And it begins and ends with uh, Graham Mertz as to whether or not he's going to be able to be better than what he was last year. And instead of just showing us a couple of moments, can he show us a lot of moments? Put it all together this upcoming season and really show why he was so coveted. And uh, they wanted him to come to Wisconsin. This portion of the program brought to you by our friends at Joey Albanese's and Albanese's Roadhouse. They're on Blue Mound Road. They're in Waukesha, right next to Menards. And uh, in case you are looking for it, uh, they are looking for some bocce ball players. But it's just good food. He's got good scotches, good bourbons, whiskeys and such out there now. If you want to pair them up with some things. Or if you just want to go out for some great food, a good time. Very home-style type of atmosphere. Uh, Just a good guy to know. There's good people that work there. But more so than anything, uh, he's, oh, by the way, he's looking for help, too. They're looking for cooks in the kitchen. They're looking for bartenders. They're looking for servers, like everybody is. And he pays well. And it's a good place. It's always crowded, so you can make some money, whether it's on the side or it's your living, whatever it happens to be. You can make some money along the way. He's looking for good people. Go to Albanese's Roadhouse right there next to Menards on Blue Mound Road across the street from Home Depot as well. And uh, stop in and tell Joey we said hi and toss a bocce ball around. Toss a bocce, bocce ball around. Have a few beverages. Enjoy the summer. Let's enjoy the summer. Get out. You know, ciao. Ciao, Bella. Uh, go ahead and do it. Hang out with our friend over there at Joey Albanese's Roadhouse. Stay tuned. we got a lot more of the Bill Michael Show broadcasting live. We're at the Social House today, which is uh, right here on Lisbon Road in Menominee Falls. Had a really good crowd in here for lunch. People going for the tap takeover today. And if you're getting some of the beers on tap, portion of the proceeds go to Fisher House, Wisconsin, which is a home away from home for military members, veterans, and their families during their time of need, when they're getting medical treatment, when they're getting medical, sometimes life-threatening illnesses or coming back from rehabilitation, whether it's spinal cord rehabilitation or amputation or whatever it happens to be, some things that are necessary, we want those family members around them, and that's why we do what we do regarding the Fisher House. So please, if you can come out and, and just enjoy yourself a little bit. We're not asking for anything more than that. Come out and enjoy yourself, and a portion of the proceeds go directly to Fisher House, Wisconsin. Stay tuned. we got more of the Bill Michael Show next. This is the Bill Michael Show on the Wisconsin Sports Zone Radio Network. The Bill Michael Show Podcast. Listen, rate, subscribe.